brains out old Question yeller mark. old yeller take me up back two uh, between the eyes get someone gra- someone get timmy well timmy's the one screaming about how the barn is on fire if old yeller is out back with two between the eyes no one is ever <laughs> gonna know that the barn's on fire whoa <laughs> and then everybody dies <laughs> oh if only so why am I here? Yeah, I don't know, man. I've been I've been asking myself why I'm here. Why are we <laughs> as a collective here? So the last episode I recorded by myself um, because I was having um, I don't know a moment. Let's just say a, a moment by myself where I was just like, I feel I, I want I want to read a good story, and you know what I read. What did you read? I read a story uh, that was basically like American Psycho, um, but heavier on the rape. All right. It was basically a guy who, Richard Ramirez-esque, like, breaks into people's houses, steals all their shit, rapes them, and then kills them. And it's like a day by day, and this guy's like slice of life in this serial killer's shoes. And you know how it left me feeling? Aroused, dirty. No, mm. he no he would get aroused. That was oh. the, that was the thing. He would get aroused when he'd kill them and oh. and rape them. He he even raped the dead corpse oh. of one of them, I believe. Oh, yeah, good stuff. Oh. That was <laughs> shout out to <laughs> oh. shout out to episode two oh five. Um, that story was called Happy Boy. And, I'd be a happy boy, too. And, and the reason it's called Happy Boy is because he's kind of insane. He has these two little voices in his head. One is a clown and one is a rabbit. And they both tell him to do evil things. And uh, I did fun little voices for hmm. for the little things in his head. It was that, was that was probably the most fun about that entire episode. The rest just made me feel gross. But I mean... Uh, I guess that's what it's like putting yourself in the uh, in the shoes of a serial killer. But isn't grossness next to godliness, you or would, is that sexiness? Catholicism would make you believe that. Mm. Yes. <laughs> oh. Catholicism is next to old pedophilia. Men, yeah, old, <laughs> old men and children. <laughs> that's that we that's been proven. That's a historical <laughs> fact. <laughs> You can't even fight that anymore. <laughs> this is fun. This is a fun this little. Is great. You know. You know. It's. <laughs> it's been so long since I've seen you since we've done anything. I know. But at the same time, like it's been a while since the podcast was even a thing. Like when, we recorded the uh, the cabin in the woods in like fucking January, right? It's a long time ago. Yeah, it's like six months ago at this point. 
And um, shout out COVID. <laughs> yeah, it's still a thing. And um, we're we're back. It's it's me, your your captain on this quest, and we're going down a uh, uh, a trail through history, time, and space. Um, here with my best friend Franz McBoohoo. And, I, and I, I have to make a point to say he's my best friend because that's that's what the culmination of this series is going to come to. This that's what that's what this is going to wrap around to is um, the story. It's, it's going to reach around. Oh yeah. The story that I picked for Frowns is a popular one on Reddit No Sleep that that has turned into like an entire series of things. Um, there are multiple parts, multiple different things going on there but uh the first like three-parter is just frankly called i dared my best friend to ruin my life you turn me straight and oh is that how i ruin your life you turn me straight or I no i turn you straight every every yeah you turn me straight and then everybody's got dicks and i right. and, and like there's the part of my head that's right. like, oh, I should like this, but then it's but just you. It's just you holding it's your like finger. That, it's like that one story we read with the uh, the gay guy who got conversion therapy. Yeah, it's a, it's a, an image of you pops up into my head, and it's just like ah 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 ah, and you're not allowed to get aroused after that point. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I'd like to think whenever, whenever I don't want to be aroused, I think of you as well. Oh. <laughs> He took that one personally, folks. When, so, whenever I don't want to get aroused, <laughs> I think of I think of that guy right there. Who? Which which one? Which? <laughs> that's, that's an off off camera that's, joke. That's but fine. That's fine. That's it's an in, it's an in studio joke. Um, oh yeah, and there's a little byline. I dared my best friend to ruin my life. Uh, Part one is called "He's Succeeding." <laughs> How do you ruin my life, Frowns? Tell me. How do I ruin your life? Because I have an idea. I have an idea in my head, but I want to. I want to see what you say. <laughs> yeah, go go whatever direction you want. You're, you're already laughing. Uh, every time you come to a restaurant. Uh huh. And you you say you have a reservation. Oh no! For uh for two, yeah, or three. I come up right behind you and I'm like, better make it four, five, six. Who else is who else is there? Every time you add one, six, six. Are you just bringing like all of my ex girlfriends to dinner with me? Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. And their and their children. In one case. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. We're going to need a high booth chair for this little Someone girl. Someone level with you. That would ruin my evening. I Absolutely. I don't know if it would ruin my life. There's a difference between, like, the no-going-back attitude of ruining someone's life. You know, like my brother. Yes. <laughs> it's okay. He doesn't listen to the show. It's fine. Um, versus the... 
like, no going back after a night. If I can wake up the next morning and feel fine, you haven't done a good job at ruining my life. All right, what if every time you went face first down in some coochie, right, mm-hmm. some grade A puss, right, mm-hmm. and you just opened it up like a clamshell, my face was right there. Boo! And then, and then you couldn't do anything because it's my face. Are you going to stick your dick in my face? I thought you were going to say it was like Dana Carvey doing his impression of that turtle from Master of Disguise. Um, that's, <laughs> just thinking about that has ruined my life. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even need to say anything anymore. It's like, it's like you know how to ruin someone's life? Just put on that movie. <laughs> Just putting the words together in my mind has ruined it's my really night. Bad. You know what I've wanted to go back completely off topic. You know what I've wanted to rewatch recently just to see how bad it is. It what? The Cat in the Hat live action movie with Michael Myers. <laughs> do you know? think that's like? Do you think that's gotten worse or better with time? Because well, part of me thinks like I really enjoyed it as a kid because it was really stupid. But do you think that would annoy me as an adult, or do you think I'd double down and find it funnier? I think it would annoy you as much as the Love Guru annoyed See, I never even saw Love Guru because I knew it was going (laughs) to piss me off. See, like, I feel like the only thing of his that has aged well is Shrek, which he wasn't... Right, that's an animated feature, so that's not even fair. And uh, Austin Powers. Mm. I just feel like those are just timeless. Austin Powers is timeless, but that's kind of to the to the benefit of of the material itself. I think there's something crazy going on with Cat in the Hat that, like, all the people who were railing Coke Mm -hmm. with Jim Carrey on the set of The Grinch, they were just like, you know what would be great? You know what would be great? My buddy down the street, Mike Myers, he wants to do... oh. Oh, he wants to do a movie with us. Let's make him a big let's put, cat. Let's put a fucking hat on him. Whoa. Whoa. Oh, oh. Get an ambulance. <laughs> My heart. And the producer's hot. <laughs> Shrunk three sizes that day. Somebody likes this Coke with Viagra. It was Jim Carrey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the Grinch. He's a, I can't even do a good. He's a, he's a national treasure. That he's man. a he's a good guy. I don't mean to make fun of him. I heard Michael Myers is a huge asshole. asshole. And that's why that's why he hasn't gotten a deal <laughs> since Love Guru. Uh, he's shown up in a couple things. Oh. Like he was in that Queen. He played the producer in that Queen movie that Rami Malek did. Oh. He, he was in Inglorious Bastards for, for two minutes, you know, as a character piece. And he was in an Uber Eats commercial. Was he? Re, reliving his I days as uh, uh, Wayne. The, Wayne. Wayne. Yeah. yeah so cause no clearly one can, he's doing well. Because no one can let that die for some reason. Wayne's world isn't even that good. Like, people can just let it go to sleep and never come back. Um I got a question. I got a question for you. Let's bring this back. Yeah, bring it back. So we got Reddit no sleep. We do have Reddit no sleep. That's but what, what we're about doing today. Reddit sleep? Do you do, <laughs> do you just click on it and it's blank? <laughs> yeah, because they're all asleep. Sleep. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. So you know right. how you ruin my life? Um, by being me. Whoa, dude. Like, you got a hard life, but let's not, like... You shouldn't feel that bad about yourself. Um, How do I ruin your life? I'd like to to think the best way to ruin my life is probably to, like... 
steal all my money, burn all my material possessions. Because if there's nothing I can latch onto to remind myself of my humanity, then, like, I feel worthless. And mm-hmm. if the system is telling me I'm worthless, then I have nothing left. The only person who would drag me out of it is, is you know, <laughs> my love <laughs> at yeah. this point. But, um... But, uh, you can't trust the system. No, you, you, you can't, um... But you can take advantage of it. That's... Which that's, is a different story. <laughs> oh, you could take advantage of a lot of things. Hmm. Alright. <laughs> so we're gonna start reading this story. Alright. I dared my best friend to ruin my life, and he's succeeding. I dared my best friend to ruin my life. And you know what? I'm dead. <laughs> he succeeded. <laughs> this is from Reddit No Sleep. My name is Xander. Killed myself. Oh my god. I'm the Prince of Zagnar. My name is Xander. I'm on a never ending quest, never ending quest to, to save my, my girlfriend. girlfriend. Girlfriend, 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 girlfriend. He's so gay. My best friend is trying to ruin my life. It started out very small, but has quickly grown out of control. I'm currently sitting inside a church, loser, mm-hmm. using their Wi-Fi to post this story and taking advantage of the air conditioning. Okay, that sounds more believable. How do churches pay for Wi-Fi when they don't pay taxes? <clears throat> Just because they don't pay taxes doesn't mean they don't have money. What if they don't pay for... No, they have shit tons of money. What if... They they, take advantage of everything. Oh, they're taking advantage of a situation. We've come full circle, ladies and gentlemen. I'm posting this story. Fuck the church. Okay. (laughs) I'm posting this story in case... Well, in case he finds me and kills me soon. (laughs) That's a good way to ruin someone's life. It's only a matter of time now, and I want someone to know what happened before I die. Two years ago, my friend David and I were sitting on a couch at my house, thoroughly bored. It wasn't a temporary boredom either, it was a resounding boredom with life. We both worked full-time at a local movie theater, making minimum wage and cleaning up after idiots who couldn't keep popcorn and soda in their mouths. Fun fact, I worked at a movie theater both with Disco Dracula and Gestalt, which is ironic. And fun fact, I can't keep popcorn and soda in my mouth either. You really can't, I yell at him all the time. We had graduated high school two years prior and had no plans on attending college, and that is where we differentiate, my friend, because I wasted several years and thousands of dollars going to school, and I regret it thoroughly. That's how you ruin my life. You send me back to school and tell me I'm back in debt. Thanks, Sally Mae. Life looked bleak for us. College didn't sound appealing, work was annoying, and the little free time we had was blown on video games and YouTube. (laughs) That sounds accurate. We both still lived with our parents, too, which made dating somewhat embarrassing. Looking back, I'm sure we were suffering from mild depression on top of everything else. Listen, let's 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 take a let's backpedal a little bit. Just because your life sucks and you're not happy with it doesn't mean you have depression. Okay? Depression is a clinical thing that happens to people when they don't have control over anything, not because you're bored. (laughs) Okay, let's, okay, let's continue. These life circumstances blend together to create the perfect storm for what I now call my reality. 
As we sat down on the couch at my parents' house channel surfing the TV, David asked me if I was bored with life. I responded in the positive and he sighed. High school was so easy because we knew our purpose and our goals were set for us. Outline the English essay, finish math homework, get decent grades, pass the driving exam, be home by curfew, find a girlfriend, girlfriend, <laughs> or boyfriend. Dicks. I like dicks. Now that we're out of high school, there's no structure. Our lives have become meaningless and we are just floating through space and with no aim or purpose, man. Would you go back to high school then? He shook his head. In the moment, high school was annoying. It's only after looking back that I see how much better it was that I realized. What's the solution then? Either go somewhere that has structure, that can deliver what high school gave us, or create your own structure. Well, I don't want to go to college or the military, and I can't think of anywhere else that provides the same structure. I guess I have to make my own, but I have no idea where to start. The thing about high school was that it required a minimum effort. If you didn't give that minimum effort, you faced the consequences. The consequences were bad enough that you and I would put effort into school. When high school ended, that minimum effort level decreased, and now our minimum effort is not enough to improve ourselves. Whatever structure we build has to have those consequences built in and a minimum effort that forces us to improve consistently. David was, and is, a very intellectual person. He thinks about everything, if you can't already tell. I was pretty dumb compared to him, but I stuck around because he always had interesting things to say. The conversation definitely counted as interesting. You know what these two need? Weed. <laughs> Blowjobs. <laughs> Blowjobs. 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 I won't bore you with the entire conversation that we had, but it lasted an hour where we discussed how to build structure in our lives. I want to emphasize here that boredom is dangerous. Well, it's not dangerous by itself, but it can quickly lead to dangerous things. Blowjobs. Blowjobs. Boredom can lead to pain, accidental children. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Technology that disrupts a monopoly or even death. Or even blowjobs. Our boredom? led to a blow dare <laughs> led to blowjobs <laughs> our boredom led to a dare I dare you to try and ruin my life what does that mean it's a way to build structure into my life if I know that you are always trying to ruin my life and actively trying to make me fail then I'm driven to fight back and act on initiative but how could I ruin your life you could ruin anyone's life if you gave it enough thought planning and action. David said with a smirk. I'm not going to give you any ideas. I just want you to try to ruin my life. I remember sitting back and thinking about what he meant. The first thoughts that came to mind were about Dana Carvey and Master of Disguise. <laughs> <Whoa>! <laughs> I thought about tripping him occasionally, hiding his toothbrush every time I went to his house. My young mind didn't fully understand how serious David was being. His, his mind was running three tracks above mine, so I didn't know what I was getting into when I said, Okay, I'll try and ruin your life, but I dare you to try and ruin my life as well. Turtle. He smiled with a newfound enthusiasm, and I smiled back. I had hoped it would be a great way to relieve my boredom with life. David stood up and punched me in the leg as hard as he could. I shouted at him, mostly out of surprise. And he laughed. <laughs> the dare starts now! Grabbing his shoes. 
We are no longer friends. We are nemesis. 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 He opened my CC's. front. <laughs> pizza. Come be fat. He opened my front door and looked over his shoulder. Good luck, he said. I hope you'll work half as hard as I will. You just turned into like a vaudevillian. Fucking Waluigi. Yes. Once he left, I just sat there rubbing my sword flat. <laughs> okay, I thought. If he wants war, he'll get a war. That night I had laid awake trying to think of ways to make his life harder for him. My ideas were also childish and useless compared to what he would later throw at me. I'm too embarrassed to list my ideas from back then. I wish I could say I remembered the day David turned against me for real, but it was so subtle that I didn't notice right away. To my face, David acted completely normal. He's, he's just got like a booklet in front of him. It's like, how to get away with murder. Blowjobs. <laughs> turn David gay, give blowjob. Turned Gay. <laughs> Check. Check. While we were at work, I would sprinkle popcorn over a section he had just cleaned and pointed out to him, and he would just laugh and say, Is that supposed to ruin my life? And then he would clean it up. I expected him to do the same to me, but he didn't. <clears throat> His lack of visible retaliation made me bored again, so I stopped. And looking back, I suspect that behind my back, he was sabotaging my image with our other co-workers and our boss. Out of the blue, my boss called me into his office and told me that I was fired because I wasn't doing a good enough job. David acted sorry that I was leaving, and we promised to hang out again soon. Fuck, you mess with my money, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just told you that. I left thinking I could make this something good and get a real job, and that dream died, and I ended up at McDonald's instead. I'm gonna call them McDongles. After I had been at McDonald's for a month or so, my parents confronted me. They asked me if I had been stealing cash from their wallets, and I had never stolen a cent from them and told them so. They backed off, but only for a week until my mom's debit card went missing. They confronted me again, this time very angry, and they accused me of withdrawing several hundred dollars using my mom's debit card. I have no siblings, so it wouldn't have been anyone else in the house. It turned into a screaming match, and they demanded that I move out as quickly as possible. With my small cash of savings, I found an apartment near the local community college that housed college students. The rent was affordable enough for me, so I moved out within the month. I moved in and became instant friends with two of my roommates, Clark and Ivan. Our other roommate, Isaac, kept to himself and stayed in his room playing video games 24-7. Life got good again because I hung out with Clark and Ivan frequently. David and I had stopped hanging out after I was fired from the movie theater. I hadn't forgotten about him, but I had forgotten about the dare. Every once in a while, I'd message him on Facebook or shoot him a text to ask if he wanted to hang out, but my messages were always ignored. Eventually, I gave up. Within six months, I had a great life going. I was dating a girl named Katie, I had been promoted to crew trainer at McDongle's, which paid better, and my bank account was slowly growing. I only recognize this as David's doing when I look back, but an obscene amount of junk mail showed up with my name on it every single day. Magazines, credit card offers, vacation ads, and even physical letters from real people who claimed to be excited to be my new pen pal. I sorted through them every day, trying to find some pattern. Clark and Ivan thought it was hilarious. When I came home late from work, they would sometimes toss the junk mail in the air like confetti as I walked through the door, cheering that the mail king was home. 
One day, I remember feeling sick of getting all this junk mail, deciding to sit down, call every subscription to cancel, and I recruited Clark and Ivan to help me, and we sat down with snacks one afternoon and started to crank through phone calls. In a few days, the tide of junk mail subsided and we celebrated our efforts that only lasted a week. The next week, it started coming back in full force. There were twice as much as before, and even some pornographic magazines in the mix. Not only did my physical junk mail increase, but my email became unnavigable through all the new spam messages. Google moved a lot of it to the spam filter, but there were still hundreds of emails that made it through, and my email had been subscribed to websites I'd never even heard of. Clark and Ivan were blown away by the new tide of junk mail. The event was dubbed Return of the Junk, and became a great icebreaker for Clark and Ivan to introduce me to other people at the parties. One day I was browsing Facebook's People You May Know section when I came across someone's profile that had my picture, but a different name. The account was open for anyone to view and had a lot of porn post statuses, updates full of swearing, and praises to Hitler. <laughs> Hashtag Hitler did nothing wrong. I frowned when I clicked on their pictures. Most of the pictures were the same ones from my Facebook account, but there were some pictures of me that weren't on my account or anywhere else online. Keep in mind, I didn't remember my dare to David, so I was feeling pretty creeped out. I hit the report button and let Facebook know that the account was fake and went on my way. I think three months later or so is when more stuff happened, started to happen. Katie and I are getting very serious and discussing moving in together and the junk mail still rolls in and I've started to throw it away. Ivan has moved out to go to an actual university, so a new roommate Jackson moved in. Clark and I attempted to befriend Jackson, but he's similar to Isaac and locked himself in his room most of the time. A new game became available for pre-order, so I submitted my email to reserve a copy, and when I tried to log in my email to make sure the reserve code was there, I couldn't log in. I hit forgot password and asked if I wanted to use my phone number to reset the password, and I pressed yes and waited for the phone to light up, and it never did. I pressed the button three more times, but no text ever came. I tried old passwords I used to use, but none of them worked. I frowned, but eventually just walked away from my computer and I'd try again a different day. I sat down on the couch and pulled my Facebook up on my phone and a pop-up appeared. You've been signed out, it said. Then it jumped to the login screen. I thought I'd hit the logout button on accident, so I just typed in my email and password. It didn't work. I tried again, but it still told me my password is incorrect. My phone buzzed in my hand. Katie was calling me and I answered it and immediately became concerned because she was sobbing. Katie? You coward! You don't get to just use Facebook me that shit! No, you have to talk to me and tell me with your voice! Katie, what are you talking about? Don't play stupid asshole! Say it! Say what? You Facebook me and say that we're through! But when I call you tonight, everything, what the hell are you trying to pull Xander? Katie hissed. <laughs> Katie, my Facebook got hacked. I was literally just trying to log in when you called me. Are you at home? I'm coming over. We're not done. We're far from done, sweetheart. It took me some time to convince Katie that it hadn't been me, but she relented when I showed her that I couldn't log in. I googled how to get my Facebook account back and contacted their help center, and thankfully they were able to get me back into my account. Lots of links to porn sites had been posted all over my page by whoever jacked my account, so I spent time deleting all of those. I also spent... I also spent time answering family members who asked about strange content I had been posting. Awkward. Case 
Katie also found out through her feeds that my Twitter and Instagram had been hacked. The accounts were posting hundreds of crude messages and pictures. Those two sites took a little more effort by it, but I eventually regained control over those two. Fixing my email took a couple of days, but I got access again. Not wanting to repeat the experience, I made my passwords into really long strings of numbers, letters, and symbols. Each account had a different password. For anyone who has done this, you know how impossible it would be to memorize your passwords. I wrote them down on a sheet of paper, and I put it in my dresser drawer. I didn't intend to get hacked again. I'm telling you where I put the paper so you'll know how freaked out I was when Facebook signed me out again the next week. I checked my other accounts. Locked out again. I shot Katie a text to warn her and then called the Facebook help center again. They gave me access to Facebook and gave me the same warning about making a long password. When I told them the type of precautions I had taken last time, they suggested checking my computer for viruses in case there was a key loggers collecting all the information I typed. I called a computer repair center and asked what I needed to do to get my computer scanned and they asked me to bring it down and check it out. I had a desktop, so bringing it down required a lot of unplugging, and when I got down behind the computer to unplug everything, I found a tiny USB stick that I'd never seen before. I frowned and tried to locate its contents on the computer, and the computer said no USB was attached. The computer repair guy confirmed that the USB drive was a keylogger. He asked if my computer had been anywhere that, would, that anyone could walk up and use it, and I told him no, and he said he had no idea how it could have gotten there. He didn't charge me anything, just wanted me to keep an eye on my computer. I changed all my passwords again, going through the motions to get my accounts back. A few days later I received three, yes three, credit card bills in the mail. I still had the habit of skimming through junk mail in case there ever was anything super important, and I'm glad I did because I might have never found out about the credit cards that were registered in my name. I called the credit card companies to inform them that they were mistaken, I had never signed up for a credit card, and my parents had warned me about them so often that I deterred from forgetting one. Before you comment and tell me I need them to build credit, yes I know that now. A quick Google search told me what to do next. I called Equifax, which is a company that calculates your credit score and tells creditors that it's okay for you to open a credit account. I placed a 90 day fraud alert on my credit and they said that they would call me if anyone tried to open a credit account in my name. The dude at Equifax was kind enough to tell me that I, what I needed to do next. He asked me to go online and view my credit report. If I saw any accounts I didn't recognize, I was to write them down and fill out a complaint to the Federal Trade Commission FTC explaining the situation. Once I had that submitted, I was to file a copy of it with the police and create a police report. Then I had to take those two reports and call each of the credit companies that had issued credit to my identity and start to dispute the process. I instantly felt very discouraged at the amount of effort this would require. It felt utterly insane to be required to follow all these steps just because I was the victim of identity theft. God damn. It's really sad. It happens every day. It's really sad. Clark was horrified at what had happened and looked at his credit score. He was relieved when it came back clean. I made Katie check hers, too, just in case. Also clean. I'll take a minute to tell everyone reading that you are entitled by law to one free credit report per year from each of those three credit score companies, and that means you can and should check your credit three times a year. Clark and I set reminders on our phones to check the scores again in four months. I asked Katie to do the same. 
When I first found out about the accounts, I had called my parents to ask if they had opened any accounts in my name, and if they had, I'd at least know who the culprit was. And they told me that they hadn't opened any accounts, and I warned them about my problems, and they promised to check their credit score. Two weeks after I had called them, my dad called. They found 15 fraudulent accounts between the two of them. What the hell? I told him the steps he needed to take, and he was grateful for my help and warning. I know this is boring to read, but I want you to realize how insanely painful it was to fix all of this shit. Seriously, watch your credit reports and nip identity theft in the bud before it happens to you. I really appreciate that. No sleep. I love me, reading a, pl- a plumber's manual for it, my no sleep. It's giving me more uh it's giving me more financial advice than I got in high school. So like you know, Actually yeah. I really I really appreciate it. I had requested detailed bills from the credit card companies that had issued the fraudulent accounts, and they mailed them to me. The bills were full of online purchases. The accounts had opened up almost a year ago, and in them, the thief had spent $62,000 between all the fraudulent accounts. I was pretty upset that in a full year I had only just found any credit card bills in the mail. I must have been tossing them in with the mountains of junk mail. Now I know that the masses of junk mail were deliberate and calculated so the bills would blend in and hopefully get thrown away. The first few transactions were from stores like Target, Walmart, etc., but the further down I went, the less I recognized. One word stuck out to me. Bitcoin. I had learned a little about it from my friend, my Facebook feed, as I had some friends from high school who touted it as the next real currency. According to the credit card statement, several thousand dollars had been exchanged into Bitcoin. I started really researching Bitcoin and trying to figure out what it was and why an identity thief would want it. And to make an explanation short, Bitcoin allowed my thief to make <clears throat> completely anonymous purchases online. It was as if he'd gone to an ATM and drained all the credit cards into cash. I didn't foresee the credit card companies ever getting their money back. David now had a hell of a lot of cash he could use to ruin my life. I didn't know it was him at the time, obviously, but now I do. Guys, identity theft is a serious crime and is very damaging to everyone in the economy, and while the theft had been bad, my life was about to get a whole lot worse. That's all the time I have to write now. I have to go and get some serious shit taken care of. I'll write again as soon as I can. My name is Xander. I want to kill myself because of my name. My best friend is trying to ruin my life. And give me a satisfying yet savory blowjob. 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 Hello again, everybody. I've had more time to write than yesterday. Sorry about the length. I'm trying to catch up to the present as quickly as possible, but also include enough detail so you can see how thorough David was being. I'll resume where I left off. While I was still trying to resolve the credit disputes with those companies, my car's windows started getting smashed. For the first time, it was parked on the street in front of my apartment. I woke up one morning to find the driver's window smashed and my car raided. My car was just a crappy Honda Civic, and I didn't ever keep anything expensive in there, but they snatched my stereo, which was shitty anyway, and all the spare change in the car. Desperate much? I got my window repaired that day and decided to set some, set aside some cash to buy a really nice stereo now that I had an excuse. The next morning, the same window was smashed again. Again, I had parked in front of the apartment 
I had got that repaired reluctantly and started to park in the underground parking of the apartment complex. See? No one likes the underground parking because the lines are painted to so close, uh, it's uncomfortable for your car to get scratched up down there. I decided it was better than a smashed window. So I fought for a spot that evening. I know what you're going to ask why I didn't call the police. Mistakes. That's why. We all make them. You have the wisdom that comes with knowing the whole story. I didn't. Glass was all over was all over around my car when I went down the next morning. It wasn't just the driver's window that was damaged. The front windshield and the back windshield were deeply cracked. I spent some time looking at every car in the garage. No one else had so much as a scratch on their windows. What the hell? If some random asshole was out breaking windows, why was he targeting me? I noticed the note after I'd gotten into the car. It was a sticky note folded up and slipped into the ignition keyhole. I opened it. You have to increase your minimum required effort, it said. The phrasing was intentional. David wanted me to know it was him. And when I saw that phrase, I remembered our conversation. That fucker. <laughs> I went into a total rage. It drove out of the parking lot, trying my best to drive with a cracked windshield. I still remembered how to get to David's house, and I ran a red light or two to get there. Parking in front of the house, I slammed my door shut and marched to the front door. I held the doorbell for much longer than necessary. I tried to breathe and remain calm. David won't help me if I show up shouting and yelling. His mom answered after a few minutes. David's parents had held off on having a child until they were much older. As a result, David's mom was already 75, even though David was only 23. Hello? She said, opening the door. And then she saw who it was. Oh, Xander, how nice of you to come over. I haven't seen you in weeks. Yeah, it's been, well, it's been almost a year, I, I sighed. Mrs. K, is David home? No, no, sorry, dear. He's at work right now. She's a really old 75 year old. Oh, I'm so, I'm 90 in my soul. Oh, no. Okay, I'll go catch him in the theater. I said, backpedaling towards my car. No, 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 he doesn't work there anymore. He got fired? No, he, he quit. Not long after you did. He became a security guard somewhere. He, he never mentioned where. I'll call him then. He dropped his phone a few weeks ago and got a new one. Let me give you his new number. She walked back inside for a minute, and I waited on the porch. She came back with her old flip phone and opened it. Do you mind? My arthritis makes it hard to use this phone. I went to her contacts and found David's number, entered it to mine, and handed the phone back. Thanks, Mrs. K, I said. Even if David was being an asshole, I'd always liked his mom. Anytime. She said with a smile and closed the door. I called David immediately, but only got a voicemail. Hi. Oh, oh, shit. Hi, David. It's Xander. I just spoke to your mom, and, uh, she didn't know where you were, so she gave me your number. Please call me, man. I think you know why. I said to his voicemail. I figured that being polite was the best way to get him to fix everything. In the middle of work that day, my phone buzzed. Hoping it was David, I stepped outside and answered. 
It was Clark. Xander, have you been home today since you left? No, why? We've been robbed. What? Someone broke in and stole a ton of your stuff. Your computer's missing, our TV is gone, all kinds of shit. Son of a bitch! Did you call the police? Yeah, they're on their way. Don't, don't touch anything, okay? Remembering all the episodes of CSI that I binged on, I suggested <laughs> that. We might be able to get fingerprints. I, I think I know who it is. Who? An ex-friend. I'll tell you about it when I get home. I'm leaving soon. I told the manager that my apartment had been broken into, and he let me go home. I drove home with my still broken windshield, <laughs> praying I didn't get pulled over for it. When I got to the apartment, the police was already there. I walked to the landing where a cop was interviewing Clark, and another was looking through the apartment. The cop turned to me and to face me. Are you one of the roommates? Yeah, this is Xander. My partner is looking through the apartment now. A tech is going to come out and dust for prints. We're going to need you to make an inventory of everything that was stolen and bring it to the station once the tech is done. I have a suspect. The cop raised his eyebrows, multiple his four <laughs> eyebrows. His name is David King. He used to be a really good friend of mine, but recently I've suspected that he's been doing all kinds of shit to me. I think he's stolen my identity and my parents' identity, damaged my vehicle, and now broken into my house. Clark shot a four-chin questioning look. <laughs> Why do you think he's doing all this? I found this in my car's ignition this morning with the window smashed. I said, handing him the folded sticky note out of my pocket. He read it. Why do you think he wrote this? We had a conversation about a year ago where we were talking about the minimum requirements for success and how to make our lives easier because it had consequences if we didn't make a minimal effort, I explained. It looked like the idea went right over the cop's head. We'll test this for prints too. Was all he said, putting, pulling an evidence bag from under his belt and putting the note inside. Come down to the station with your inventory and be ready to make a formal statement about your friend. I agreed to do so. At that moment, the partner came outside with nothing to report. The tech arrived and started dusting. We waited patiently, eagerly to see what was missing. You really should lock your bedroom doors, the partner said. Two of your roommate's doors are locked, so I doubt anything was stolen from them. You should make sure they check their rooms for anything that's missing when they get home. We agreed to ask them. The tech finished up and told us we'd know in a few days what prints he was able to find. The house seemed bare. Only the largest couch out of the three was left in the living room. The TV, which had been a 65-inch plasma, was gone. Food was missing from the pantry, and even the contents of the fridge were dumped onto the floor. Silverware was scattered around the kitchen floor and counters. Where the hell is Isaac or Jackson? Clark yelled angrily. They're always home. We should call them. I don't have their numbers. Well, neither do I, I said walking to the bedroom. It was stripped bare of anything worthwhile. My computer, mouse, keyboard, computer chair, boxes of random knickknacks, bicycle were all missing. My dresser drawers were laying everywhere. My closet was clearly raided and my bed covers had been tossed around the room. I heard bouts of loud cursing from Clark as he inspected his room. He took my goddamn Xbox, that son of a bitch! Halo ODST! 
feeling shocked. One. <laughs> feeling shocked, defeated, and numb, I sat on the bed. I called Katie to tell her what had happened. No answer. I shot her a text. My house got robbed, and I stared at the wall for a while, thinking... David King had been in my house. He'd stolen my identity, my public image, and now my things. It was time to set up my game. No, not my game. My life. It was time to step up my game. No, not my game. My life. Time to stop floating through life and start beating the minimum effort required. During the rest of the day, we learned a lot about plumbing. David had loosened every pipe he could find in the house. Clark made the discovery when our toilet unleashed a tsunami when he flushed. We spent hours... I hope he wasn't... That's the worst. I hope His he was a number two. Oh, yeah. I hope he wasn't fucking uh, smelling diver, the bell. The stinky diver. Yeah. We spent hours cleaning that up. To fix all the pipes, we had to go out and buy tools because neither of us had any at the house. When my card was declined, Clark stepped in and paid. Technically, if they're renters... You know, that should be the landlord's responsibility, and it should be his responsibility that you were robbed to begin with. That's, that's very true. Just what teaching if, all you kids out there. What if David's the landlord? What David might be the landlord. Isn't that wild? It's a twist. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping I was going to get to read for David at some point, because I was going to try to do the same voice. <laughs> My a vaudevillian, vaudevillian bad guys. I'm gonna get you down, see? See, you're fucked. Step up your minimum effort required. How old is David King? Uh, a young, a, a, a young, young, able 63. I'm 43. <laughs> My declined card worried me. Clark and I went into the library and tried to log into my online banking site. Locked out. Shit. I didn't even bother retrying my password. We we raced to the bank before they closed and I breathlessly approached the teller. I, I need to freeze my account. What's your account number? The teller apparently named... <laughs> you want to try What's that again? your account number, baby? <laughs> Tell her apparently named Chantel. Oh, I'm Chantel, baby. I told her my account number from memory. 6969696969420. Blaze. Um, she opened it on her computer. Driver's license, please. I handed her my card. She typed in my driver's license number into her computer to verify the identity, then handed it back to me. Looks like your account is at zero. You can only freeze the account if there's money. I've been robbed! <laughs> Ah! <laughs> Feeling extremely angry now. <laughs> you moved all of your money to a debit card via online app and then withdrew it all in cash from an ATM this afternoon. No, it wasn't me! I've been hacked! <laughs> if you'd like to report fraudulent transactions, I can fill that out for you right here. Yes! Fine, do it! Ah! <laughs> You're so loud. <laughs> I've been robbed! I, of course I'm loud! Clark watched me with worry by a chair by the door. When did you start to notice the fraudulent activity? Today! But it could have been started any time over the last year! She raised her eyebrows in a way that she thought I couldn't see anything and started typing. 
After a few minutes, she looked up at me and said, Okay, I filled out the report and submitted it. You should hear back from our fraud department soon. And what about the ATM cameras? I don't have access to those. You'll have to file a police report. That's when you're like, <laughs> I don't have to that. Not my job. Not my problem. Money. All right, I'll do that. Then Clark and I went back to the car and drove to the apartment. We would have gone to the police department right away, but the apartment was still flooding in places. We spent a few hours finding leaky pipes and tightening them. It took hours because we looked everything up before we did did it to make sure that we were doing it right. Clark inspecting under the kitchen sink. Huh. While I sat at the table. <laughs> In the dining room with the lead the pipe. pipe. And the blowjob. <laughs> Colonel Mustard. <clears throat> Colonel, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm watching Wicked. <laughs> I'm, uh, uh, no, I lost my spot. Clark inspecting the pipes under the kitchen <laughs> sink while I sat at the table and started my inventory for the police. It was already 9 p.m., so we were going to take it in the morning. Our local station wasn't a twenty wasn't open twenty four hours a day. We had knocked on the Jackson we had knocked on Jackson and Isaac's doors, but got no answer. Either they weren't home, or they were ignoring us. I'm really sorry about all the fraud going on. Clark said as he tightened a pipe. You said you think you know who it is. Who's David King? <sighs> David used to be my friend about a year ago. I told, I said, I told him about the dares and the conversation that had led up to it. You dared each other to ruin each other's lives, and then he took it more than seriously? Clark asked. Um, apparently... So you're not gonna hold up your end of the deal? My end? He dared you first, man, and, and you haven't even tried. Well, no, I... I guess not. Well, then let's think of something to really destroy his life. Clark pulled himself from out under the sink and washed the grease off his hands. Prison would do it, I suggested. If I can nail him for identity theft, that'll solve the problem. True, Clark but, said. But we need to show him that you aren't going to just lay down and take it. I have an idea. It's not going to ruin his life, but it'll make him realize that you're going to fight back. Clark took me in his car to Home Depot. We bought two cans of black spray paint, and Clark paid in cash. Okay, where does this dumbass live? Clark asked when we were back in the car. Clark, his mom is great. I don't think I can spray paint her house. His mom? Some guy that still lives with his mom is terrorizing you? Okay, okay, Jesus. I said I gave him the address, and he took off. We drove past the house to see if any lights were on. It was dark. Even the porch lights were off. We parked three blocks away from the house and started walking. What's the plan? Spray thief on the front of his house. That ought to get the neighbors talking. When we were next to the neighbor's house, we dug behind a fence and surveyed the neighborhood. All was quiet. No movement, no noise, no people. We stayed low and silently dashed to the front of the house. I sprayed the F, Clark sprayed the T, and we worked towards each other. It barely took three seconds. We stepped back for half a second and examined our handiwork. The letters were three feet tall, easily visible from the road, 
perfect. We turned and started to run towards the car. Then the door to the house opened. I glanced over my shoulder. David fucking King. Oh, shit! <laughs> I hissed. Clark heard me, and we sprinted full on towards the car. David tore down the sidewalk after us. Clark looked behind as well. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Chanted with each step. He actually looked worried. As we approached the car, Clark had a realization. Just keep going. He tried to whisper, even though he was out of breath. I locked the door. It'll take too long to unlock. He'll know my license plate. Clark didn't have automatic locks, and he had used the key manually. I agreed with his logic, so we ran past the car as if we were just onto another vehicle. I looked back, and David was gaining on us. It was too dark to see his expression. Hell, I didn't even know if he recognized me. Split up! I cried, turning right into someone's front yard. Clark kept going straight. When I reached the white plastic fence that led along the back of their property, I glanced backwards. David had followed me and ignored Clark. <laughs> Can you just imagine him just Some like terrifying fucking... asshole with a cape just running after you in the middle of the night? His fucking top hat swaying in the breeze. I scrambled up the slippery His fence. long mustache flowing in the wind. He's got the fucking handlebar. He's carrying a very large one. oversized bomb with a lit fuse. <laughs> He's the fucking guy from... Um, with, with the dog, and then, uh, what was it? What was that, what was that old racing show cartoon? The one... Oh, you're talking about Muttley. You're talking about Yeah, the, he's the, the guy with Muttley. <laughs> you're talking about Dick Dastardly. Yeah. This is, this is who this guy <laughs> it's is. Dick Dastardly. Yeah. I'll get him, I swear. <laughs> I scrambled up this, mixed with a little bit of Baltimore. Okay. I, I scrambled up this slippery fence and <laughs> dropped on the other side. I had landed in someone else's backyard. I started running toward their front yard. A motion detecting light on the wall went off, blinding me. I looked behind me again to watch David scale the fence in half a second. <laughs> when the hell did he had learned to do that? I rounded the corner of the house and smashed right into the patio table and chairs. The chairs clattered down and the table tipped over while my body folded around it. My heart was pounding as I untangled myself. That's when David grabbed the back of my neck and pushed me down, my face against the edge of the table. I know what was coming. He was going to Jake Paul me. Which is what? Where he just takes his dick and shoves it in your mouth forcibly. <laughs> but before that says, oh, no. if we're not going to do this, what, what's the point? <laughs> All right. Part three. <laughs> Hello again, everyone. So many positive replies. Thank you. I haven't smiled in months, and you're definitely all making my day easier. <laughs> if we're not going to do it, what's the point? I love how almost every notification has given me a countdown every couple hours. Remind me eight hours. Thank you for making me laugh. Seriously. I needed it. I had a close call, and David almost found me today. I caught a bus out of town, which is where I wrote this. Now we will continue. Hello, Xander! Out for a walk? Fuck you. My cheek jammed against the table edge. Why so hostile? You know why, jackass. Not so loud. We're having a nice, quiet conversation. I struggled to push my head off the table, but he was so much stronger than me. Stop struggling and listen. I want to clarify the rules of this game. 
Since you finally caught on that we're playing. This isn't a game. You've ruined my credit, stole my money, hacked my account, stole my shit. I'm going to kill you. But I'm not going to kill you. That's the rule. I will not kill you, Xander. That would put an end to your ruined life, and that is not the goal. Now... You haven't put any effort into ruining my life. Why not? Because I'm not a sick psychopath? Clearly not. He said coolly. Clearly not. (laughs) (laughs) But this is boring for me. I'm doing all the work making you fight for your life while you're doing nothing to improve me. Not that I haven't learned anything. But it would be more fun if you fight back. I'll even let Clark help you. But I think you need motivation. You think I need motivation to hurt you? As if. (laughs) Yes, you do need it. Because despite everything that's happened to you, your only attempt to fight back was pathetic. I need you to up your game and fight harder. So that's where some motivation kicks in. He reached his left hand into his pants pocket and pulled out a smartphone. He tapped it a few times before holding it up to his ear. It's me, he said when the other line picked up. Put her on. Then he held his phone to his ear and someone was He held the phone to my ear. Someone was crying. Say hello. Hello. Katie. Jesus Christ. He kidnapped Katie. You motherfucker! Easy on the language, Xander. David smiled, talking as if he asked me to eat my vegetables. Katie, where are you? I said desperately into the phone, trying to... David took the phone away and hung up, sticking it back in his pocket. Do you understand the rules now, Xander? Are you motivated? I'm going to kill you, you son of a bitch. No. You'll burn in hell. No, no, this isn't the theological discussion. David tutted. You and Clark do your best to ruin my life. Do whatever you want. But if you kill me, I kill Katie. Can't kill her if you're dead. (laughs) No, but my friend will. It's amazing the kind of people you can meet online. He's just as excited to play as I am. Do you have any questions before the real game starts? What the hell happened to you? When did you age 40 years and become a vaudeville and bad guy? We were best friends. Oh, sparing friends and blowjobs. I fell into a vat of cake makeup and this is what I've become. <laughs> Things change. Things change. I'd been dreaming of this game for years now. You are my only real friend I can do this with. One day, I decided to just go for it. You've ruined your own life by trying to ruin mine. Once you're convicted of identity theft and kidnapping, your life is over. That's part of the game! Can't ruin me if you can convict me. I've been preparing for years. He grinned. His eyes were dark and menacing. Don't you think that that's unfair to me? 
How am I supposed to put in a good effort if you've been preparing for years? I'll consider giving you some advice. He admitted, looking thoughtful. In the meantime, do your best. And tell Clark to play along, because I'll have some motivation for him, too. The sound of scrambling on the back fence <laughs> alerted us to someone's presence, and I shouted for help, and David slapped me. <laughs> But, but lightly. Cold-blooded. I tried to see who it was for my limited movement, and Clark's face appeared over the fence. It was it was David's mom. <laughs> now I know where he gets it from. <laughs> she also has a mustache. <laughs> She's padding cake oh, makeup. Fuck. <laughs> That's my cue to leave, David said with a smile. It's been good catching up with you, Xander. <laughs> Clark shot across the yard, yelling for David to piss off. David stood there looking at me, waiting, and that's when Clark caught up and punched him square in the face. David flew to the ground, releasing my head. I, I stood up and rubbed my sore face, and David started to get up, but Clark, clicked him, Clark kicked him in the side. Stay down, Ooh. he shouted. A light went on in the house behind us, and we both turned to look, and I had thought to hold David here until the police arrived. When we turned back around, David was halfway down the street. Clark started to take off, but I grabbed his arm. Stop. Let him go. I have something to tell you. We made a quiet decision to avoid the cops tonight. We wanted to file a report with them on our terms, not having to explain what we were doing trespassing in the middle of the night. We jogged back to his car and went home. We sat on the living room couch as I told Clark and David's conversation. Clark was staring dumbfounded at me. I thought you said he used to be a friend. He did. And he never acted like this? No, not to me. This is insane. Clark said, standing from the couch. He's kidnapped Katie. Just so you'll try to ruin his life and follow along with some stupid dare? Is he crazy? He's gonna get caught. Let's hope so, I said. But we should start planning. I'm not taking any chances while he has Katie. Okay, man. I want nothing to do with this at all, but I also want to help you. If it was anyone else, I'd nope the fuck out. Then let's get started. I don't know how much detail I want to put here because it'll just get slow and boring for you, but we stayed up all night mapping out events, people, weaknesses, strengths, everything we could think of. We filled half a notebook with all of our notes. These were the weaknesses we could come up with that we could potentially use against David. Boredom with life, so we can make the game too boring to continue. His mom, if she knew what was going on, she might be able to get him to stop. I know some of you commented that we should kidnap Mrs. K and use her, but we'll, we were still very green and had no desire to do that kind of shit that David was using. Work, we could get him fired and make sure no one would hire him again online accounts we could do the same things that he's done to me police we could come up with some type of hard evidence to get him convicted and the problem would be solved and then there's katie since he kidnapped katie the police would definitely get involved i could easily report my suspicions about david and they'd search him for the tiniest bit of evidence and then we looked to his strengths to things we could look out for he's prepared he obviously had a timeline he was following and knew what he was doing he had time, the junk mail and credit card frauds. Its tenants all had belong, began long before I felt any effects. This meant that there could be other traps David had set up that would go off like a time bomb sometime in the future. 
his physical body. It was clear from tonight that he'd been working out a ton and practicing, possibly training from the job as a security guard. His money, he had a lot of money now from what he stole from me and he used the fraud to receive. <clears throat> Friends, uh, if he'd made a friend who was willing to get involved in kidnapping, then there were two or possibly more psychopaths to worry about. Knowledge, he knew how to use fraud without being caught yet and hack computers or at least hire someone to do it for him. We had no idea what other dangerous knowledge he might have, so we made a list of things he could know that we should have to counter. I won't list it here because it was pretty long. Willingness to break the law. It was clear that the law was not part of the rules or the game to him. He was either unafraid to be caught or confident that he never would be. After we looked at David, we looked at ourselves for our weaknesses. Knowledge. We didn't have nearly the amount of knowledge David had. Not just knowledge about how to do things like fix a pipe, but also knowledge about David who his friends were, where he worked, who he talked to. We'd have to start learning like crazy to try and catch up. Money. I had no money left. Clark was limited because he just spent a ton on that plasma TV that was just stolen. Home and car. David knew where I lived. We planned to sell our lease ASAP. He also knew our cars, but there was nothing we could do about that until we moved and had some money to buy a junker car we could use when necessary. No matter where we moved, if he could find our car, he could follow us home. Katie, if he decided to change the rules and use Katie as motivation, we might have to rethink everything. Fear. Clark and I knew that deep down, David terrified us more than he angered us. I would have rather walked away than exact revenge. We were already so afraid and unwilling to do a lot of things David had already had done. These were our strengths. Law. The law was on our side so long as we kept things legal. Clark's credit. So far, David hadn't targeted Clark like he targeted me so we could take precautionary measures to protect him. Jobs. We had jobs and could therefore earn money unless David found a way to get us fired from them. We needed to come up with a way to protect our jobs from David. FTC, police force, government, these government bodies with all their vast resources were working for us on my identity theft. We thought it was likely that they'll be able to link David to my identity theft. Looking at all the strengths and weaknesses of both parties side by side, it looked like an even matchup on paper. But just thinking about trying to fight David made us all feel like we were up against an impossible enemy. We sat down to eat breakfast and continued talking over what we would do, and both of us called in sick to work so we could start preparing. Alright, I posted our leases up for sale on Craigslist. Craigslist. Putting my phone down. Clark was sniffing the air with a confused expression. He leaned over and smelled his cereal. Does this smell bad to you? I sniffed. Smells like cereal to me. Huh. Smells bad to me. He dumped his cereal in the sink and Clark pulled out his phone and called Equifax, letting them know he wanted a freeze on his credit for 90 days. When those 90 days were up, he would call again and again until the matter was resolved to protect his credit. His credit card was a $3,000 limit with accessible to us, but no new credit would be applied for. He then went on every account he had online and changed every password to random gibberish. He signed up for an online password manager and put his passwords in there. The password manager worked by only storing an encrypted file on their server. He would download the encrypted file from the password manager website, read or write to the file, re-encrypt it, and then send it back to the server. The server only held the encrypted file, no passwords. Even if the company got hacked, the hackers would only have a bunch of useless encrypted files. 
They would crack the files with time, sure, but it was the best that we could do. The only account he didn't put in the password manager was his bank account information. He wrote down half of the username on one small scrap of paper and the other half on another. He did the same with the password. He intended to hide them in safe places around town. If David got a hold of Clark's bank information, we were dead in the water. While he did that, I finished both of our inventories to hand over the police as soon as they opened for that day. Once the station opened, we were going to head over, hand in our inventories, file a police report for the burglary, and recommend David as a possible suspect. I also planned to point them to my identity theft police report and state that I suspected David to be guilty of that as well. Once we had the police report, we would go to our landlord and request for the locks to be changed, using the police report as evidence of the break-in. The tech had told us that the door had been opened regularly and not forced. That meant David had somehow made a copy of our key. As it got close to 9 a.m., we got into Clark's car and drove around town. He got out at four locations, hid his scrap papers somewhere. He knew it had to be somewhere people didn't touch for months at a time and wouldn't be damaged or moved by sprinklers or storms. I don't know where he hid them, but he assured me that they were safe. And after they were hidden, we drove to the police station to file our report. We waited patiently for an officer to see us, and once we were called over, we took a seat and told him about the break-in and the police report had been started and we were now turning in an inventory of our stolen things. We have a suspect for the burglary. Okay, who? His name is David King. He used to be a friend of mine, but he's not anymore. What happened? Writing the name down. Recently, I had my identity stolen. I suspect he was also behind that, so if he stole my identity, it's likely that he broke in, too. Um, he hates me. Okay, but what actually happened to make him not be friends anymore with you friends no more? I hesitated. I didn't know exactly how to explain the situation. If anyone can think of a better way to explain the situation to a cop, let me know. I only said, we had a major fight, and he threatened to ruin my life. Alright, and when was this fight that happened in this fight you had? About a year ago. And you think he's just stealing your identity and breaking into your own? The cop said dubiously. Were you friends with him? He asked, gesturing to Clark. No, I'm his roommate, he replied, pointing to me. <clears throat> okay, boys. The officer sighed, scooting forward. Thank you for the tip and your inventories. We'll investigate this just like any other crime and give our effort his best in effort I can. Can I get copies of your driver's license and phone numbers so I can contact you if I got questions to ask you questions? We asked him our license. We handed <laughs> We handed him our licenses and wrote down our phone numbers in the file. I'll be right back. Taking the licenses to make copies. We looked at each other for a minute. <laughs> taking a deep breath. <gasps> He doesn't believe us, I said in res resignation. We'll find evidence, he encouraged me. Five minutes passed, then ten. Then the officer came back, two others at his side. Clark, you lazies? Yeah. You're under arrest for the vandalism and trespassing on private property that's trespassing. The officers flanked him and pulled him to his feet, and I stared at the cops in bewilderment. Clark's eyes were wide. When I went to copy your license, I got beaten. Holding it up. 
I checked against our records. Last night, someone called in and reported you've been spraying and homing their thief on their house and attacked him when he came out to stop you, he said for stopping. My mouth dropped open. <laughs> Son of a bitch. David King. The one you just recommended as a suspect you did was the one that called it in. Seems to me like you're trying to discredit him before he reported you. Guess he beat you to it. Read him his rights. He said to the other officers. Wait, hold on. I was there too. It wasn't him. Clark shook his head at me ever so slightly. No, I wasn't going to let him take the fall for this. Mr. King explicitly stated that there was only one vandal and that he watched Mr. Ulysses sneak up to the house and spray at himself on his house by himself spray. I know you're trying to protect your friend, but don't throw your life away, kid. One of the officers started reading Clark as Miranda writes while they cuffed him and walked him toward the door leading to inmate processing. Call my mom for bail. I'll be out soon, Clark shouted behind him. Don't let him win. <laughs> and he, that is he was, he was one of the cops. <laughs> he was he was in jail already <laughs> for shoving his genitals to like a bunch of two year olds <laughs> at, at the local playground. Yeah. At the local they playhouse. They have me theater. now. Yes. <laughs> there you go. What if he's just like a like like a community theater like <laughs> regent? No, stop. 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 No, come on! You what do you can't mean? Make, you can't make fun of the people who do community theater. I do community theater. <laughs> I did one show in community Listen, theater. We are we are ending with part three. Um, this I believe this is an eight part story, and we're gonna we're gonna split it into three episodes. That was the first episode. I wanted to keep it nice and brisk, um, because I I think there's a there's like other series. You know, mm. there's, there's ruined my life, then there's something else, and then there's something else, I think. Nice. Okay. So if you enjoy this, we can continue telling the story of David King. As long as someone, <laughs> as long as I could keep making him sound can, like a vaudevillian. You could keep, re <laughs> keep reading for David King. That's, <laughs> I, I see you've grown. You've grown to appreciate what he has to I offer. have become what I sought to destroy! <laughs> That's great. So, um... I, I was here with Franz McBoohoo, who obviously is having a really great time. Yeah. You didn't reading. even introduce me in the beginning. Yes, you know I did. That, right? I introduced you as my best friend. But that and was. And then I said but, Franz McBoohoo. I don't remember that. So I was here with Franz McBoohoo, who <laughs> I absolutely right. introduced at the beginning of the episode, He's and uh, this this is only the start of the story of David King, but. Uh, we will we will continue telling his tale for as as long as there are stories about him, and um, you know I, I hope I hope everyone enjoyed the first part. I enjoyed the first part. I enjoyed the first. I part. think I think it it straddles the line between like stupid and real. Yeah, <laughs> which I think I can enjoy. Um, I'm not taking it entirely seriously, and it's and that's without your voice being injected into the mix. And I think it's just because I find it hard that th the main guy Xander would go like go on with life for so long with all this bad luck and not think about pointing 
towards any resolution, you know, like oh, yeah. when something goes wrong for me, I'm always looking for something else to blame, you know, like, uh, it's just, it's just my personality to be like, oh, it's not my fault. I already, I'm already hypercritical to myself about so many things. If it's not my fault, I'm going to look somewhere else. And if you told me I had like six other credit cards account accounts opened and like $63,000 in debt, I would find a way to stop that shit. Like as, as fast as I can, I guess. Um, the minute I had the problems with my parents yeah. where they thought I stole everything, Oh yeah, I would have like had a real sit down with them and been like, "Listen, listen." <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, there's there's no way that you can prove that you haven't stolen from your parents, but you can like, you can be totally transparent with them. Mm-hmm. You know, you can give them all of your information. You could show them your bank account. Like, like, isn't that the alternative? Like, look, I don't have your money. Yeah, I don't have it. You know, like if I had it, you would show me processing it somewhere. But like. If I took it out of your debit card, you know, I would have it. It would be somewhere. And I'm being like, I would offer to pay them back the money that is supposedly gone. You Absolutely. know, like, like there, there are so many other avenues of conversation here. Like the Katie thing. Katie getting kidnapped is a big fucking deal. Like now this game has gone too far. Because yeah. now this is like a life in the limbo. And, and Clark going to jail is another line, you know, where it's gone too far. Like... This should have been Katie. Katie getting kidnapped is like immediately to the cops. A situation like my girlfriend isn't answering her phone. She's been missing for three days. Like due process, due diligence. Like Mm -hmm. you set the seed somewhere with the cops. You you are the first one to be looked at as responsible, as honest, as as a as a byline for how they're going to understand the investigation. What just happened with the David King and, and Clark thing where, where he called in first. Yeah. Like cops aren't supposed to work that way, but like there's a semblance of truth there. That makes me think like maybe they would refollow up on David after these things come to light. But like for the most part, he just called in a full incident report and beat them to the punch. So, like, some of it's a little unrealistic. Some of it's better. Um, it's not written, f- like, the, the best thing I've ever read. But it's, it's engaging. It's quick. It's The dialogue is believable. Yeah. It's It, 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 it moves. It has a nice pace. Um, and the story it's telling is interesting. So what else can you really ask for out of a no sleep? Um, I'm having fun. Looks like Frowns is having fun. Um, we'll be back with a, another episode telling the tale of David King and how my best friend is ruining my life uh, very, very soon. Frowns, McBoohoo, any final messages for our audience that you haven't seen in so long? I don't give a fuck. Okay, there we there you have it. You have it. You heard it here first, folks. But I give all the fucks. <laughs> David, <laughs> David, David King just walked into the studio and threw his genitals right into my face. I'm oh. oh, I'm going to take over in the next episode. I I refuse. I'll kill you. <laughs> I'm not your best friend. You're not ruining my life. I'm Captain Death. You can't. You can Oh, this is the genitals. Oh, take it. <laughs> Oh. oh, I hate this. This is my life now. Goodbye! <laughs> Await till the day's end when the moon is high.
Atlanta till we stand at the shore.